Like we all kind of get yeah. dealt different hands of cards, but there all... is a common theme. There's a common suffering. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and seeing somebody like that rose that grows out of the mud is like fuck. I feel like I'm in mud right now. Like yeah. Maybe I could be a rose too. Hey, what's up? What is going on? Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, get to have open and authentic conversations about things like mental health and self-development and just kind of spark conversations that maybe don't come up on a daily basis or, you know, maybe you don't know who to talk to about it or how to put words to the things that you're feeling. I uh, basically just want to normalize and kind of end the stigma around these types of conversations. And sometimes they're entertaining, sometimes they're educating, and sometimes I just ramble on like this, but today I'm fortunate to be joined by Chris Ravadia, aka Toper, aka World Traveler at the moment. Chris, <laughs> why don't you kind of tell people like kind of like, well, you've been on here actually as well before, so they should be familiar if they're longtime listeners, but if this is their first episode, why don't you tell people like kind of who you are, what you're all about, where the hell you are right now? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. First, just want to say, uh, I love that you're creating this space to have these very sensitive conversations. I think that we live in a very disconnected society where we don't really live in community. And back then, what used to happen is the elders would communicate wisdom and knowledge and, ex and their experience over to the young. And there'd be this natural flow and exchange of, of experience and information. And so, hence the birth of podcasts and hence the birth of what you're trying to do is you're trying to recreate that in this different type of way of living in this format where people can be like, oh, I feel heard. I feel understood. I feel related to. I'm not the only one going through this shit. Um, so thank you for starting such a beautiful thing, man. Um, hey, everybody. I'm Toper, uh, aka Chris Ravadia. Uh, I'm a business coach and a personal coach. I've worked in sales and marketing for a really long time uh, in the tech scene. I uh, just recently left and now doing my own thing where I specialize in entrepreneurship and self-love for both men and women. Dude, that's wicked, man. But let me ask you a question. Um, like, Where are you right now? And how did this journey kind of bring you to where you're at right now? Yeah, yeah, totally. So right now I'm in Bali, Indonesia. Um, basically how I ended up here is eight months ago, I met my partner. Uh, she's actually a registered therapist and counselor and, and self-love coach. Um, and she had learned a lot of what she had learned through a lot of the teachings here in Bali. So this used to be home, her home for five, six, seven years before she actually became a registered counselor. Um, so when we first met, she just talked about Bali over and over and over again, the breath work, the yoga, the healing that happens out here. Um, and it was a lot of, a lot of convincing and, uh, I ended up quitting my job coming out here with the intention to learn and heal for myself. Uh, and here we are. I'm now, I'm now four weeks into the trip. I got a couple weeks left and I've learned so, so, so much. Uh, and I'm excited to integrate that into my practice. But um, yeah. Dude, I love that, man. Like, do you think like, were, did you have like any resistance towards like that kind of stuff at all at any point in your life? Like, cause I feel like, um, like, and I'm somebody like, I'm a proponent for a lot of these things as well. Like I do yoga at least once a week. Um, I'm down to do cold plunges. I'm really into doing like breath work as well. Meditation. Like I'm in, I'm fully bought in, in terms of practice, 
But for some reason, there's still like this weird part of me that has resistance kind of dealing with like anything non-tangible or spiritual or anything like that. Like kind of sometimes I get stuck in like kind of my perception of the universe where I think of things like really literally Mm. get where I'm kind Mm. of coming from. Like, did you ever feel like kind of similar or? For sure, man. I think, I think, um, is especially given the society that we come from, the culture that we come from, uh, the world is very literal. The society is very literal and thing and things as men have to be very tangible and rational in, in order for us to grasp our mind around it. And these like spiritual practices like breath work and consciousness and like mindfulness, it's intangible. It's really hard to wrap our minds around it and understand it. Um, so yeah, for me, I had a huge resistance around it. I was like, what meditation What the hell? I don't know. Like, why would I just sit down and like go into this, like different, different mental dimensions? What the hell? Um, so, so I didn't get it for a long time until I basically my journey into all of this stuff is really the start of the pandemic. Um, the start of the pandemic had caused me to, to it, it, it cut out all of my external stimulation, like my job. I was, I was out of a job for a little bit. Um, obviously we couldn't go out, we couldn't travel. And that caused me to just be with my thoughts. And my mind was not a safe space at that time. I had done everything and anything to get myself out of my own head. And so I was like, you know what? I'm curious about meditation. I'm curious about breath work. I'm curious about journaling and all these other spiritual practices. I'll just see what it does for me. And it worked wonders, man. Yeah, it's so, it's so, I mean, like I literally had the same kind of resistance because I think when I first heard about meditating in terms of like anyone I know doing it, I was like kind of in like the bodybuilding phase of my, it was like literally when we first met, I remember kind of hearing about things like this around that age. And I thought like in my mind, the only way to develop or to grow or to learn or anything like that was to kind of always like physically be doing something like kind of like you want more money, you have to work. You want more muscles, you have to work out. You like you want to learn, you have to read. Like there's also like an action associated with like kind of like the development. Yeah, so Murphy's was, Law. Action, every action creates a reaction, right? And and this is the whole like de- doing, the doing culture. That, that we're immersed in. And, um, you know, the whole like sitting around and just being, what, what benefits does that do? What does that do for us? And that's been like a long part of my own self-development journeys, understanding like, wait a second, there is power in being. We don't need to do all the time. And that's the thing too about self-development is that um, we get obsessed about needing to do I need to go to the gym. I need to box. I need to write my journals. I need to meditate. I need to do my gratitude practice in order to uh, be a certain way, act a certain way. But all of that is a, is is control. We're just trying to control our experience. Um, and once we learn to relinquish our control and learn the art of being, uh, I think there's a lot of magic that comes from that. Yeah, I'm just kind of reflecting as I listen to you say that, man, because everything you're saying right now kind of rings a, a lot with me. Like it resonates a lot with me, like um, especially like the idea of like, uh, like, yeah, one of the things I didn't mention before was like when I think of like reflectiveness, I always yell at people. I'm like, dude, when I, like when are you journaling? If you're not journaling, like how are you reflecting? 
And I like always bypass this because, because I think of, and even when you say like, it's about being in control, like, I think that's one of my biggest anxieties is not being in control of, of things in my life. Like, and it, as above, so below, like it manifests in small ways and big ways in my life. And, um, that's wow. That's already my biggest takeaway so far. I like that, but, and, I th- and it's interesting to understand, well, why does that need for control exist? And I can speak to like my own experiences, like doing was a form of I'll say that again. Doing was my way of taking ownership over my experience. My reason for wanting to take full ownership over my experience is because I had dealt with a lot of anxiety through, you know, like trauma from my parents, uh, trauma from my upbringing, bullying, all that kind of stuff. Um, And so I then formed the belief system at a very young age that I need to take action and I need to do to one start growth and change within myself. That way I can be someone else. Um, and two, um, forgot, <laughs> but, but, but what, what we realized too, is like, if we want to, uh, the, the danger of ownership control, taking over our, our experience, wanting to change is that we, we can sometimes, that can sometimes come from a place of like self-loathing um and self-sabotaging like oh we don't like who we are today so i just want to change so it's just a very dangerous territory to 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 be in yeah and i think like with myself as well it's kind of like uh sometimes it's like kind of like a fear of uncertainty or kind of um i hate looking back at situations and kind of thinking like oh i should have done this or Mm. you know i i think that sometimes i maybe act impulsively because then I will have less regrets, but sometimes it caused me to have more regrets. Right. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a, t- it's weird. And yeah. And it manifests in so many different ways, man. Like I noticed like one of the funniest ways that it manifests and it took me a long time to realize this about myself is bro. Like I fucking hate being a passenger in a car. I need to be the driver. Interesting. Do you get what I'm Interesting. saying? I do. Yeah. You want to be in charge. You want to, you want to like, not just like be in charge, be like the boss, but more so safer, safer. Yeah. And, and, and here's a, here's a question that I have uh, to follow up on that for you is like, why? Because this is what I was trying to say is like control and taking ownership over our experience comes from a place of us not feeling safe at a young age. And so we form the belief system that we need to take control because no one else can, can, can make us feel safe. And so the way that the, what I ended up doing at a young age was being completely overly independent that I pushed myself away from connections and relationships. I was, I was avoidant as fuck. Um, and so it's just interesting to hear what you have to say, because I relate with that. And I'm curious where this unsafety stemmed from for you, um, growing up. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I kind of have, it's funny how we've come to similar conclusions because we had kind of opposite, I guess, sort of upward. Like I felt very like not coddled, but I guess I was able to be passive for a long time in my life and get by, if that makes sense. Um... I didn't really have to put much effort in. I could just exist and I was like kind of getting by. Like I 
like uh, I was pretty average at a lot of things, but I, I will say like, I've always been kind of like, you know, outgoing and outspoken. Like that definitely was like my uh, quote unquote strong suit. But um, yeah, like I felt like very, pa- other than that, like I was maybe just making jokes and that's not very like influential at a young age. Like if you're not very good right. at it yet. Right. So like, I feel like for so long in my life, I was very passive. And then if you add in like a, uh, I guess like my best and an analysis I could do would be like, if you add in like depression for a lot of those early years as well, then it kind of, I guess, maybe made a correlation in my brain. Like if I'm passive, I'll be more depressed. Maybe if I had to be a hundred percent like vulnerable right now and tell you that, but to go back to the car thing, it's actually kind of funny because now that I think about it, the only time I've ever been in car accidents, I was driving. So I don't know why the fuck I feel safe. <laughs> I'm the driver. Dude. If you're that the driver, doesn't... yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's, that's funny. Um, yeah. So so there's a there's a relationship and a correlation between. Uh, so so basically, your drive for control and your drive for ownership of your experience come from a place comes from a place of fear that you are going to fall into negative emotions yeah or negative just like, a negative place in life or like kind of like my my passiveness kind of led me to like where i was like maybe that's like the connection mm. maybe was like oh i feel like garbage and i haven't really been trying at anything or doing anything like i've kind of just been you know floating so now i feel like maybe that could be part of why you know today i'm kind of more the opposite like i'm kind of always doing things and like I said, I do, I do still like kind of meditate. I'd say like two times a week. And then I say I do yoga two times a week, but for the most part, I'm doing a lot of cardio and and weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, what's interesting about the human experience is that typically when we are born into this world and we go through our childhood, we go through our adolescent years, we start from a place of imbalance. And that imbalance for you is you were taking very much like metaphorically speaking, the passenger uh, in your life, passively kind of going through life and making it, making it happen in your own way. And then now we, what, what tends to happen when we start from a point of imbalance, AKA one end of the spectrum is then we realize that we're in one end of the spectrum and we try to overcorrect into the opposite end of the spectrum. And now you're doing, you're doing a lot, you're doing a lot. And what's going to happen, uh, cause this happened for me and for a lot of people is that we start to re- we we start to burn out that that w- what our our habits and our activities that we're doing while overcorrecting will burn us out and will no longer feed us what we're trying to feed and then we're going to finally level out and balance and be like oh okay cool there is an in between between both ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. um which was my my thing for a while i i like did all the time filled up my calendar productivity productivity improvement improvement and i burnt myself out and it was also coming from a place of like afraid of heading back in the other way um and then when i realized it was coming from a place of fear and not coming from a place of like desire and self-acceptance i was like okay i need to chill and like find the balance in life because it was running it was running a lot of my fears of myself for a while yeah yeah i've kind of got like uh, i think I've got a pretty similar kind of way that I like to explain it as well. But I think that um, 
like it kind of comes down to like what you're doing. Cause I think that when I first started to get into like kind of the mindset I'm in right now, like I was telling my buddy, I got like, I was pretty much fresh out of relationship out of the, at the time it was like probably two years ago. And then um, I was like fresh out of my job at the time. I just quit like a really comfortable job. And uh, I just kind of, I was like trying to do online businesses. I had no structure to my life. I was just smoking joints pretty much every waking minute. And I was just trying to make a business off my laptop. And I was just like, you know, sitting in my room all day. And then I, one day I was like, I think I got to like get structure back in my life because before at least I had like kind of like a work schedule and like a girlfriend. So I had some structure. So I was like, maybe I'm just going to try and do like a, a set wake up time at least. And then I'll just work out first thing. I should say, yeah, I was working out every day as well, but I mean like no schedule set. But, um, and then I just started implementing, I kind of connected the dots. I was like, I've never had any sense of discipline in my life. Anytime anything's difficult, I joke my way, talk my way or walk my way out of it. Like, that's kind of the way I am. Like, it's like, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to start doing more and more shit that I'm uncomfortable with. And that was basically how it started. And then I, I do. I, you know what? I, I, the best way I can put it is I read, I heard it in an audiobook today. Um, and the author said, basically he says, um, it's not work that burns us out. It's stress that burns us out. Mm. So, so he kind of talks about like, I feel like, cause even doing what you're doing right now, like that's not very passive, man. Like you're having to plan different travels. Like people would be like, Oh, he's on a vacation, but it's True. like, that's a really active thing. But yeah, you're, I'm assuming being refreshed by it, right? Like exactly. There's intention behind it. There's a, there's a result that I'm trying to get out of this trip. Yeah. Well, not even just that, but it's like, um, imagine like if there was like some different stressful part of that trip, like that you really didn't, um, like maybe you had to, I don't know, collect like fucking a hundred different pictures of a hundred different plants. And it became a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would yeah. be stressed the whole time. You'd be like, fuck, I got to find some new different plants to take pictures of, or, you know, like it adds a stress element to it. Do you know what I mean? Gotcha. So then it becomes gotcha. more and more stressful. So you're more likely to burn out. But if you're working mm. on things like this right now, where it's like, this is, you know, relatively low stress. We're just sitting here chatting you, you didn't really have to do much research on me or, you know, yeah. like we're just kind of relaxed, but we're still doing, this is like still technically arguably work. Like we're doing something actively, yeah. but it's, you yeah. know, for me, I consider this to be mental recovery or, you know, reflection. Like this is, it's something that's active. It is work, but it's kind of relaxing. Like it's almost like mm. rejuvenating work. Yoga is the exact same thing. Mm. Meditating is the exact same thing. It is active. Mm -hmm. It's not as passive as people think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a well-being aspect to it, which minimizes our, our stress and our suffering. And therefore, although we're actively doing it, it's not really taking anything from our cup. Yeah. I mean, it definitely like meditation. I always tell people like, I fucking hate doing yoga. I hate meditating. It's so goddamn <laughs> uncomfortable. And dude, you yeah, know me. That's the point though. I was going to say like, you know me. And like, if anyone's even watching this, they see how much I fidget, man. Like I cannot sit still. 
So like yeah, reading, yeah. yoga, meditation, those are some of the most difficult things. I'd rather run a mile at any point. Like you could wake me up at one o'clock in the morning. I'd rather yeah. run a mile than read a chapter of a book. Mm-hmm. You know what you, I mean? Man. I feel you. Yeah. There's, there's this energetic movement that like is constantly flowing through you that needs to move through you. And anytime that you're still, it's like, okay, well, I'm forced to then internalize all of this. And so now my internal experience when I'm still is racing because my body's not moving. And um, typically what that's linked to is um, emotions. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like what emotions come up for you when you're just still? Um, because that is probably what's steering up everything inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's so, it's different every time, man. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm excited to do things or I'm always like, cause I'm one of those people that's like, um, typically like one of the biggest benefits for meditation and even doing this podcast or, I mean, I get this feeling all the time when I'm working out as well is I'm anxious to start the next thing that I have to do. Mm-hmm. So like those things like kind Presence. of, uh, yeah, yeah. Being present, right? So recording podcast episodes is nice because it kind of forces me to be present. If I'm not paying attention, then I look like an idiot. Like um, <laughs> working out, it's the same thing. Like if I don't pay attention, yeah. I'm going to get injured. So mm. yeah, like those types of things, like it kind of brings my brain away from like, okay, what do I have to do in a half an hour or 15 minutes or tomorrow or whatever? It brings me to like that second. Yeah. So like, I feel, I feel like that, if I could express that in an emotion, is that, any, that would probably be what I would classify as anxiety, thinking about the exactly. future. Yeah. It's a future-based emotion. It's fear and anxiety that's manifesting. Um, and that chasing, that desire to chase, okay, what is the next thing? Um, yeah. I'm just curious to explore that. I remember that that was my thing. Like I, I always wanted to chase the next thing while, while I was in a different thing. And it was coming from a place of, it was escapism. It was escapism. Uh, oh, this is uncomfortable or I don't like this thing or, I don't, or like anxiety about needing to do this other thing. Like, oh, I have so many things in my day. And so dude, learning to be meditating is like the perfect way to release that control yeah i think a lot of it too is like um i guess dude this is like leaps and bounds for me right now mentally i'm kind of liking this a lot i feel like a client <laughs> right now i'm a client dude as i do this but um yeah no i was just thinking like i think a lot of like um my anxiety towards you know, doing things is like, I kind of don't, I don't want to miss it. Like, it's almost like a FOMO. Like I want to just do so many things. Like I don't want to, I dude, I'm so scared. And that's like one of the things like, uh, I guess that's motivated me to make such big differences in my like health. Like even just doing things like cardio or eating vegetables or, you know, changing, like getting rid of all the processed shit that I have in my life from like creams that you put on your body to food that I eat. Like, I kind of feel like you know, I just want to not die without doing the things that I want to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to make, I yeah. guess, I want to use my time effectively and get as much of it as I can. Totally, totally. And here's what I have to say about that. Here is, and, and this is what I see a lot. Uh, here is the danger of being a really growth-minded person. 
we consume all these self-development audiobooks and read all these amazing articles, watch all these amazing, powerful, influential, um, motivating uh, human beings like David Goggins, uh, Elon Musk, et cetera, et cetera. And our reality gets formed based on where they're at and who they are. We start to form like expectations and a standard of the human experience. And sometimes what could happen for some people is that they start holding themselves to that standard and it causes this chasing. It causes this fear like, I want to be like that. I want to be the best. I want to be good. I want to like live life in the most efficient and best way. I want to be the most developed. Um, and it causes us to always be chasing this carrot. There's the stick. You're chasing this carrot forever. And really the true growth comes when we start to become present and we start to take our time and we start to understand that, okay, there's this thing that I want to be. And I know I'll get there, but I'll take my time and, and really relish in the process, relish in the journey, because that's really where the learnings are at. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Now that I hear you say that, because I think um, before I was kind of maybe not understanding the concept of what you were explaining, but I think I'm understanding now perfectly because I think that we've come to to my understanding, we've come to kind of similar conclusions because right before we started recording this, like we were kind of having this conversation right now, like, mm -hmm. uh, like just about enjoying the grind, like enjoying the process, like kind of just because, you know, we both kind of have started these new projects in the last couple of years. Like I know you're doing your, like you're, you're doing a podcast, you're doing like yeah. tons of different things as well. Like you're starting your business, you're doing a podcast, exactly. you're traveling, you're doing all these different things. And it's like, um, yeah, you're just kind of doing like kind of the same way I think about it. It's like, yeah, I'm doing the work every single day, but I'm enjoying it. Like I don't feel stressed. My energy levels are kind of the highest they've ever been. Nice. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you kind of felt similar, but I just feel like understanding that it's not supposed to happen instantaneously is kind of, it, it kind of makes it more fun when little things of like growth happen. Oh, dude, this is something I'm still learning. Um, you know, like I think, I think the self-development industry, like, you know, trying, trying to be, trying to do what we're doing. Uh, it's very easy. Like for me, I, I fall into comparison all the time. Like I'm always comparing like, oh, I love that guy's podcast or I love this guy's co content. Uh, and that comparison causes the anxiety to constantly do. It runs my doing. It, it makes me fill up my schedule and like make me, makes me want to uh, constantly improve. So, so for me, I'm learning to just not compare. And, and like you said, just, you know, relish in the journey, relish in the process, you know, that this is a, a long time thing. Um, but it's an everyday reminder. I'm like always feeling the pressure, always feeling the comparison and always needing to remind myself that, um, everyone is in a different step and brings a different thing to the table. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I definitely do compare myself to people, but I also see, and this is kind of something that I guess, 
I don't know, kind of, it does sound egotistical, but it also kind of stems from where my depression stemmed from, I guess, as a child, but it's like, I've always kind of viewed myself as like kind of different. So like, I kind of see people that blow up, you know, you hear about these YouTube sensations or people that you see blow Mm -hmm. up on social media. And I just kind of assume like, it's like that didn't, that shit didn't happen for me easily as a kid. Like, it's not going to happen like that for me. Like I just like kind of, I have that weird predispositional already, excuse me. But yeah. um, even when I do compare, like I think of it like, dude, in terms of podcasts alone, you know, think of who's number one in the entire world is Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan did his podcast for like a decade unpaid before he blew up. So like, 100%. even if you're going to compare yourself to number one in the world, it's like, I'm only a, two years deep into that and I'm not nowhere near close to number one. So like, I assume this journey is going to be, you know, if it ever blows up 15, 20, probably 30 years, but so be it. Like if it helps yeah. someone, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're saying. Like, um, essentially what you're saying is relinquish all expectations of the end result. And instead, relish in loving the moment, the present, the journey, the process. And I really do think that success stems from there. If 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 Mark is having a really, if Topper is having a really good time loving what they're doing, that is magnetic, and that will um, inevitably inevitably um, result in success unintentionally, in a way. You know, I feel like we're always trying to like, okay, so we're trying to reverse engineer our goals all the time. Okay. I want like a million subscribers. I want like a million likes on this one post. Okay. How do I get there? How do I get there? How do I get there? But we need to not reverse engineer. We need to build upon our foundation as a human, our experience, what we enjoy, what we like to do, what we like to talk about, what makes us most magnetic and charismatic and likable, um, and then build upon there. Yeah. And I mean, um, like, it's tough to kind of explain to some people, like through the means of like podcasts, because obviously not everybody has a podcast, but even though there's millions of people that have podcasts, I'm just saying like, not a lot of my friends have podcasts, but a lot of my friends work in like regular jobs. And I used to work in sales. And so like, I kind of think of it like, um, well, before I worked in construction, I worked in sales and I kind of, I used to always, I remember thinking like back, like I used to think like, well, how do I make my money through a sale? How do I get a sale? I have to like kind of do a presentation with somebody. How do I do that? I have to like call them and book an appointment. And how do I do that? Like I have to get the phone call and then to get that, I have to get the referral or a number. So I kind Mm -hmm. of, like you said, like reverse engineered it. Like, and I was like, okay, well, then if I can get as many numbers as possible and get as many phone calls done as possible, I'll make as many sales as possible. That's the way it should work. And Mm. I mean, realistically, that's even the way I trained a lot of people, but Mm. looking back at it, it's like, I mean, I don't think my best months were the months that I made the most amount of phone calls or got the most amount of referrals. Same. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I were to look back, in fact, I think that I know, as a trend on months that I had low sales, I'd make more calls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I look back at like my most successful months and it's like, well, what were you doing? It's like, 
dude, I was walking around the community, handing out business cards, handing out fucking free t-shirts, like trying to get having people fun. to come by. Yeah, dude, having fun. Enjoying like, yourself, man. And like sitting down in my office with people and not talking about sales, but just shooting the shit and enjoying it, like enjoying a conversation. Like the most fun times were the most successful times. The times where I was thinking so much about like, okay, I got to get X amount of referrals today. I got to get X amount of phone calls done today. And I'd sit there and I'd be like, hi, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, bye. You know, like, it's like, yeah, nobody yeah. wants to and fucking talk to that guy. Nobody wants to be that guy, man. Like, yeah. And it's all coming from a place of stress, right? Yeah. It's all and coming anxiety. from a place of stress and anxiety. We're like, oh shit. Like that's the danger of reverse engineering. Something is like, you start to arrive at the, at the quantified numbers that need to be actioned. And when you see those numbers, you're like, fuck, I have a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do. Um, so it's, it's interesting to just see the relationship of success as it relates to like how we're feeling um, and the fun that we're having, um, which is very counterintuitive to someone like Gary Vee, who's like, work harder, 80 hour weeks. And that's like a lot of what we're seeing from, from these successful entrepreneurs is like, put in more hours, put on more hours. And there's a truth to that too. But I think that the under talked about narrative is uh, the success that comes from taking care of yourself, from your well-being, from uh, doing, doing things that you love and, and that are fun. Yeah. And I think as well, like kind of, like, I think one of the reasons I'd, well, I'd say, yeah, the, the biggest reason that I can kind of have such a high output personally and kind of not have that lack of energy or, you know, kind of feel like burnt out is because I've also kind of diversified what I'm doing. You know, like I'm doing a lot of shit all the time, but it's like different mm. stuff and I'm trying new things and I'm playing around, like I'm having Ooh. fun with it. You know what I yeah. mean? And so like, I just kind of don't so take important. it too seriously, but you have to understand that, that, that is like kind of like a sacrifice in terms of like speed of growth in any area. Yeah. Cause like I could yeah. do literally 12 hours of podcasting all day, every day and, and like market it and literally just devote myself to only my podcast and it would yeah. develop so much faster, but it's like, that's not the only thing I like doing, man. Like, I like working out. I like it. You know, I like yeah. working in construction. It's fun. I like, you know, trying to learn how the business works and trying to, you know, that's mm. actually one of my goals is to run the company I'm working with right now. And, um, you know, like I like so many different things, man. I like doing different shit. And we're multidimensional beings, right? Like it, it's, it's funny how, we're always told at a young age, go choose that one thing, go be that lawyer for the rest of your life, that doctor for the rest of your life, that businessman for the rest of your life. And that really pigeonholes us as human beings and labels us into one thing. Uh, and I think the most thriving people are people who know how to diversify their time. Uh, and also the most expansive people, like the, the, the wisest people have diversified um, activities going on in their life. Um, so I, I also encourage that I'm like, even for entrepreneurs, like, you know, diversify the way that you make income. Um, 
because you will burn yourself out if you just go all into one thing. And I've seen it time and time and time again. Some people choose a career path. They, they, they start it. They fucking love it. And then they go ham in it and burn themselves out to the point that they hate what they're doing. And I think that like, if that person were to, you know, find two or three or four other avenues to just divide their time up while still being kind of focused on their primary thing, I think that person's happiness would be in a much better place. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And also like kind of expecting that there's things that you just aren't going to be good at, but you can still enjoy them. Like, like yoga is a perfect example for me. Like, dude, I'm lifting weights five times a week for the most part, like, and I'm running every day. So like, it's obvious that I'm going to be fucking tight. dude. My hips <laughs> are super tight. My back gets a little bit jacked up in my upper back, like kind of in my mm, traps and mm, shoulders. Yeah, I get that too. And, um, it hurts. Like, it's like literally uncomfortable, like to do yoga because of the positions, but it's like, I laugh at the times that like I fall over, I lose my balance. Like it's funny to me. Like I kind of get this picture and I don't get it anymore because I'm not like big guy anymore. I don't do like bodybuilding or anything like that. But when I was even bigger, it was even funnier for me. Like it was like, I kind of pictured myself almost in third person. Like this probably looks <laughs> so funny right now. Like, yeah, you no, know, but like just understanding, like it's not something I have to be the best at. I don't have to be the master of this. I'm doing this as a release. Like, it's not my number one passion, you know, like, it's uh, kind of like, it's just like, yeah, stretching's good for me. And for me, like, you know, you always get instructors that are like set an intention for today's class. My intention is the same every single time. Focus on your breath. If you find yourself like thinking about other shit, just focus on breathing only out mm. of your nose. And that's kind of the way I've, that's my intention. Every single yoga class I do is just focus on your fucking nose, like breathing in and out of your nose. Cause I naturally, I mouth breathe, man. So, and I know how mm. bad it is for you. And so for me, like, that's one of the reasons I, I use yoga or meditation as like a tool is like, just focus on breathing out of your nose this entire time. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Man. Yeah. hundred percent cultivating and, more presence. Well, it's, and a it's, like, it's a form of meditation and it, yeah, hundred percent. But it's also like, I know that I'm not going to be the best at yoga, but I know the benefits that I want to get from it. So I'm going to try and intentionally get as much of those benefits as possible and just have as much fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have mm. to be a fucking all-star at it. I'm never going to be a yoga instructor or anything like that. But it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending my time on it? because I need the flexibility. I need to, I need to fucking open my body up. I don't want to be like this tight fucking ugh, like constricted, you know, like I want to feel good mm. and move well I have yeah. to for work and then being more mindful about your breath. Like those are two benefits mm. that I need. So it's like, I'm just going to have fun with it. I don't have to be a 10 out of 10 fucking Yogi. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. just understanding, like there's the other why. things I want to excel at. Exactly. The why understanding the why. Yeah. And, and like, okay, how does this benefit me? Why am I doing it? Always just, I think that's something that we all, all always got to do. Ask ourselves the why before we do anything. Um, I think it's a way to re refrain from going on autopilot and also a way to refrain from being a perfectionist, essentially. Yeah. Like you don't need to be a master yogi. That's not your goal. You're more there for the benefits and what it does for you mentally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
And like I said, like there's other things like I feel like, you know, there's things I, I keep coming back to this book, man, because it's fresh in my mind. And I, uh, I follow this doctor on Instagram, his book's called like for when everything's burning. And I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of his last name, but it's Dr. Scott, I think it's Eilers. But um, I'm going to have him on this podcast. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to have him on this. Podcast. <laughs> nice. I, will, I will have him on this podcast, but um, yeah. But um, one of the chapters he's talking about um, kind of like this concept, and this is where I've kind of, it was the first time I put words to it. So that's, that is one of the things I'm going to tell him because I'm going to DM him literally right after this. And I'm one of the things I'm going to tell him is he put words to a thought that I've had for a long time, but never put words to, which is what I said earlier. Like we don't get burnt out from work. We get burnt out from stress. And the example he uses in the book is he loves woodworking, he says. But if he had the notion, and this is kind of what I was trying to do earlier with your trip. He said he had the notion of like, if he had to sell all of his woodworking pieces on Etsy and make money off of it, it would be fucking stressful. But knowing that anything he makes could very well just be firewood, like it's, it makes it fun for him. He's enjoying it. It's like kind of a creative outlet. So mm. like just kind of taking that stress element away from the things we do sometimes, like there's definitely things I want to be good at. I get stressed out at work all the time because I want to be good at what I do. Or I get stressed out. Actually, this podcast doesn't really stress me out. But there's certain things that I want to be good at in life. And those kind of do stress me out because we develop from stress in my eyes. But there's other things that I do that some people would consider to be effortful or work. But I don't have expectations for those things. I'm just doing them, you know, just to kind of reap whatever benefits I can and enjoy it as much as I can. Because we're meant mm -hmm. to, I think we're meant to do things for the most part. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. We're meant to create. We, you know, we're meant to create. We're meant to do. We're meant to build. We're meant to innovate. Um, what I love about that, that saying by that doctor is, is essentially our perspective of what we're doing and the end result of what we're doing dictates the amount of suffering that occurs while we're doing that thing, if that makes sense. Um, does, Can you that repeat that one more time? Can you repeat that one more time, please? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, the end result, focusing on the end result of what we're doing is what creates the suffering within our perspective of what we're doing. Does that make sense? So, so if, yeah, if we're, yeah. for example, like, you know, if, if we're turning what we're doing into like, oh God, this is, this is going to be, this is going to fuel my, like my lifestyle, or this is like, or I need to be the best. I need to, I need to you know, like, and this needs to be perfect. That creates suffering in the process of what we're doing. And so just take that yes. framework and apply it to a business. Oh, I want to build a million. I'm like attached this to this idea of, of my business someday being a million dollar business, of me someday having the influence that someone like Grant Cardone has. Um, the more that I am attached to that end result, the more stress, aka suffering, happens along the journey. So, my advice to any entrepreneur, to anyone that is building or an, uh, something, detach yourself from the, from the end result as much as possible. 
um, have the intention of being someone big and like put in, take the responsible action of, of building what you're building. But when you detach yourself from, from that dream, from that vision, uh, you get to enjoy the process more and you're coming and you show up differently in how, in how you're, in how you're building what you're building too, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. I kind of, dude, that's beautiful because I, I could relate that to so many different things, like whether it's fitness or business or literally anything, even relationships that perfectly transcends into relationships as well. Right. Like if you go into any fucking date, like instantly being like, is this wifey or not? You know, or is this, is this my husband or not? Like whatever, like, you know, for anybody out there, but like, it's like, if you go into any date with that perspective, like, it's like, dude, I imagine the suffering and the pressure. You're like, fuck, what should I say? What do I do? What do I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, it removes the play, removes the flow of, of, uh, it removes the organicness of, 100%. of that situation. And, um, yeah, it just doesn't have any, it doesn't create any lee room, leeway, sorry, leeway for uh, magic and flow. Yeah. And even like, I know with myself, like, um, how can I put this? Like, I think that, you know, say within this podcast, within my own podcast, right? Like my goal, like I kind of have my own goal, which is like, I just want to really do exactly what you said earlier, actually. You, you said exactly what I think of all the time is I want basically someone out there to listen to any of the episodes that I've ever made and just think, oh, fuck, I'm not the only one. You know, I'm not the only one that thinks that way or feels that way or, or did that thing and now has to deal with the repercussions or, you know, wants to do this and is kind of holding back. Like, that's kind of my main goal. But then if I come at it with like, okay, well, how do I get the most clickbaity titles or the best thumbnails <laughs> or like, yeah. how can I get this best sound clip to sound right? Like, how do I make exactly what I'm saying right now good enough to be like a reel on Instagram so I can share it and get a million fucking people to view it? Like, I'm getting so far away and I'm thinking so far ahead of myself and I'm not even focused on the conversation I'm having with you right now. The why. And that's what people actually benefit from exactly yo what you're bringing up for me right now is you know tom bill the the founder of impact theory yeah yeah um he he was featured on the aubrey marcus po podcast where he talked about um the reason for his success and also the reason why he was able to stick it out for like 15 20 years before he finally reached success um so so the concept or the formula of of motivation and it's, it's basically what you're saying, focus on the impact, focus on the why. And how do you focus on the impact? How do you focus on the why? Well, he says that two things you have to keep in mind, um, have close and intimate anchors that are related to your purpose and your mission. So, you know, for example, for me, I'll talk to, for me, the reason why I'm I'm wanting to get into self-development and have these conversations and help these people is because mental health is like a huge challenge in, in my immediate family. Both my sisters and my mom and dad all suffer from like major anxiety and depression and you know a list of mental health things. So these are my anchors that I keep in mind every single day that remind me of my why. Then on top of that, I focus he says to focus on the larger 
beneficial outcome on humanity as to what you're doing. So not only do you have your intimate anchors of, do I have my intimate anchors of my family, but I also then consider, um, okay, well, what is the outcome? How will this benefit humanity in what way? And when you combine those two things, those two ways of, of remembering your why, that creates long, sustainable motivation that takes you through the ups and downs and the roller coaster of, of your journey um, and also uh, will ultimately lead to success just because people will be able to resonate with your why. Like, whoa, that's, that's beautiful. And, and everyone loves a good story. Everyone loves a good why. You know, like I think we as society are seeing through all the, uh, the smoke and mirrors and are wanting to connect with more authentic brands and people and humans who are really in it for uh, the benefit of humanity. Um, so I think that there's just a lot of good to come from what Tom Bill, you said as to keeping your wise and, and the impact uh, behind what you're doing. Yeah. I learned a lot more about like, um, kind of having a why behind a what from the book man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but no. he, he's, um, he's a Holocaust survivor, but he was a psychologist. And, oh, um, wow. so he went through the entire thing, kind of making like a met, uh, like a, a mental analysis of everyone around him, including the guards and himself. And, and uh, I, I don't want to ruin the book, but that book taught me a lot about having a why behind a what to, to kind of keep you pushing through times or tough times. Mm -hmm. But um, the second thing that you talk about in terms of like kind of the, the way that I hear you say it basically is if I could summarize it is like um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like benefits for the community. That's yeah. essentially what it is, right? Like it's like, yeah, you have your emotional anchors and whether that's like your, your younger self or maybe your mm -hmm. future self or your siblings or your friends, or it could be literally anything. But like when you talk about like kind of like benefits for your community, do you think that those two things intertwine or like kind of how big does that scope of community have to be? Like, could that community be the anchors? Do you think, or do you think it has to be a wider scope to kind of push you to do something that's going to impact a lot of people? I think it just comes down to whatever feels right for you. Some people want to change the world and help the world, or and some people just want to help their city and or their immediate community. Um, so it really it really depends. But I do think that the longer you stick it out. Um, or the longer that you invest yourself into your mission, you will eventually want to scale even higher, 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 more people, more people, more people. So it depends how long you want to dedicate yourself to your mission. If you're thinking of like five years, then maybe you'll just be, you know, your immediate community and your family. But if you are in it for 20, 30, 40 years, and you're, you've decided this is your life mission, I think that you'll eventually scale to world impact. And now that will end up being your intention. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's so like kind of I feel like it's hard to visualize that happening though. Like I kind of I see exactly what you're saying, but I've always kind of mm. held this notion in my mind that and maybe you can help me defeat this right now. I don't know. Let's see. But <laughs> I, I've always had this notion, kind of like um, 
I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it's kind of like you could impact a lot of people a little bit or impact a little bit of people a lot. Have you heard something like that before? I have. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth to that for sure. I think that, um, you know, there's only so much time and energy that you have as an individual. And, you know, there's only so many people that you relate with or that relate with you as a human being before you start losing your integrity or, or wish-washing your story, right? There's like, you can either please the whole or fully serve the little, you know what I mean? And, and I think what you're speaking to is almost the idea of like selling out in a way. It's like, um, so, so I do think that there's, it's, it's more of a question of how many marks are there in the world that went through your specific journey, your specific challenges, your specific, um, yeah, just, you know, uh, problems. And, uh, based on that, that, that is probably going to be your impact. Cause I think that people that you're speaking, you'll be speaking to is, is people who are in your story and going through your story right now. Yeah. And I feel like, um, yeah, like I think that there's a lot more kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a lot more open than I feel like people think. Like there's a little bit of, um, I can't think of the word right now, but basically like it's, it's not as constricted to exactly my story. You know, like I think that people can hear some of the things that you say the same way I heard this author say that thing. You know, like, it's like, it's not exactly the way I feel, but he put words to a, a feeling I've had kind of thing. Like, I feel like people don't really have to walk the same story as Topher to relate to Topher. People don't have mm. to hear the same. They don't have to go through the same things as Mark to relate to Mark. Like, I think that just the fact that we kind of, and relating it back to, and this is, again, it's not really the things I always talk about, but like, kind of relating back to the human experience, relating back to just like kind of, you know, we're, we're taught that we have to you know, hide our struggles, but it's like, holy fuck, Topher struggles too. Holy shit. Mark struggles with anxiety as well. Like what the fuck? Like, doesn't seem like they would, mm. you mm. know what I mean? And then more and more people can kind of be like, Oh fuck. You know, Topher wasn't always this guy that's like fucking well-spoken and fucking smiling and sitting in Bali with a nice mic. And like, you know, like he's all like, <laughs> You know, Topher wasn't always that guy. Like maybe I could be like Topher. Like maybe I could do that if I wanted. You know what I mean? Like mm, it's kind of just pieces. well, and it's just sharing the elements. Like it's kind of like, you know, you went from this place where you said you you were kind of going through, you know, maybe some trauma or kind of, you know, obviously everyone has different rough patches going up growing up. Like we all kind of get yeah. dealt different hands of cards, but well, there all, is a common theme. There's a common suffering. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and seeing somebody like that rose that grows out of the mud is like fuck. I feel like I'm in mud right now. Like yeah, maybe I could be a rose too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, what's coming up for me is um, I think that there is a common way in how a particular challenge in our lives affects us and how it manifests us how it manifests, but 
there are different ways that challenges and problems occur in our lives. For example, our parents separate at a young age, or one parent dies, or we lose a sibling. There's different ways that, or different hows and ways that that negative uh, experiences and trauma, traumatic events happen in our lives, but similar ways that it affects us. We fall into self-hatred. We fall into self-sabotaging. We, um, you know, have low self-esteem. We uh, then show up in our relationships and, you know, or we end up falling into drugs. There's just, I think that there's so many similarities in, in, in how the challenges affects us and how we suffer. Um, so to your point, the elements and the bits and pieces of what we speak about can resonate with anybody. Um, because in some sort of way, it affects us very similarly. There'll always be an element of guilt, shame, self-hatred, self-loathing um, that manifests. Yeah, and it's so tough because um, I know like a lot of us kind of even downplay a lot of the things that we go through. Like I know like uh, that was a lot of the things that I kind of like, it's like almost like gaslighting yourself. Like, it's like, um, mm. like, you're like, oh, you know, like my struggle is not that bad because I know this guy went through way worse or like, maybe I'm just being a little bitch about it. Like maybe my problems aren't actual problems. And then you kind of get to start that projection on other people as well. Like when you hear about other people's problems, you're like, well, that's not that bad because I went through this and that's not even that yeah. bad because that guy went through that. And it's like, you know, we kind of always forget that like, and this is something that literally I didn't realize until like this year. And it sounds so silly, but it's so true. But like someone said it to me, I think it's in this book as well, but I think someone said it to me before where they said, um, like the worst thing that ever happened to you is the worst thing that ever happened to you, right? Like everybody's worst thing that ever happened to them is the worst thing that ever happened to them. Like, so that's their only frame of reference. That's the only thing that they know about. So like, who's to say, like, maybe someone losing a grandparent at a young age doesn't feel the same internal feeling that maybe someone else might, mm. if they lose like a fucking, I don't want to say like a guinea pig or a hamster, but maybe like a dog or like, maybe like a sibling, you know, or like, who's to say what loss hurts the most? Do you know what I mean? Do you That's see where I'm getting point. at? A hundred percent. Yeah. We, we tend to, we tend to put our own suffering up on a pedestal and invalidate other people's suffering. Oh no, but you didn't go through what I went through. You know what I mean? But but to that guy's point, everybody's challenge or specific traumatic event is their own worst experience. And so therefore we should not validate invalidate other people and what they're going through. It's all shitty. It's all shitty stuff. And instead, we should collectively help each other, support each other, create a space like what you're doing, where we can talk about this stuff. Um, because we, we are all in some level of hurt, uh, and living in our pains. Yeah. And I feel like, like, I always kind of relate this back to, um, to fitness because I guess, I guess that's like where my mind's at a lot of the time, but, but I think about <laughs> I think about like when I work out with friends or 
you know, over the years, I kind of think of like, you know, maybe you see someone do like X amount of push-ups, And like, if I did that many, like I'd kind of be disappointed with myself. I know I can do more, but if I see someone else do it and I can see they're sweating bullets and they're fucking working their ass off. Like I'm so pumped up for them. I'm so fired up because I know that how difficult that was for them. You know what I mean? So like, it's Mm. kind of, we, I forget about that though, in the opposite side of the spectrum. Like I can kind of like scale winnings differently because i know like kind of maybe they haven't achieved that before or maybe you know maybe they're coming off an injury whatever it could be but we forget about that in terms of like struggles as well like i just think yeah you're right like but i think not only do we downplay like kind of other people's struggles but we also downplay our own struggles sometimes like sometimes like and i don't say it in terms of like becoming a victim because that is one of the things I think holds a lot of people back and fucking cancel me if you want guys, but that's what I think. If you think that you're a victim, you're going to be holding yourself back. That's what I truly believe. And so Mm. I think that it's more realistic to kind of be able to look at yourself and maybe look at some of your past traumas and say like, you know, this is something significant, but that being said, like I need to just address this and exactly you know like struggling under a bench press i can tell myself well i just need to get stronger and i'll be able to push that weight i'll be able to bear that weight right and then spiritual or emotional struggle is the exact same like it's like okay we just need to get a little bit more strong here like this is where my weak point is Mm. this is where i'm stuck right now mm, there's a lot of physical resilience and physical strength that we it's it's tangible it's something that can be witnessed and seen through a screen or through other people oh you've dude you you look jacked like you can see someone's growth physically and it's harder to gauge emotional resilience and emotional growth um and i think i just keep tying it back to what we're creating and what we're trying to do is we're trying to show the emotional growth in the human experience hey it is possible to transcend victimhood and move towards empowerment. Yeah. And just, yeah, I like that a lot, man. I think that, I think that that's kind of one of the biggest things for me that, and, and why I like fitness so much is because it was the perfect metaphor for metaphor for me to understand exactly what you're talking about. Like, um, you know, I was the guy before who could, you know, squat X amount of pounds or bench, you know, Y amount of pounds or whatever it was. Right. And, uh, but then I, I noticed within myself, anytime anything bad went, went wrong in my life or anytime something was taken from me, like a loss of a family member or something like that, like I, I just crumbled and, yeah. and it was, you know, it felt every time, like it was like, this is the worst thing that's happened to me. Like, that's how it felt every single time, you know? And I just kind of, mm. I think you can, and you can't see that kind of growth in people because, um, like I, I try and gauge it now, like my own growth by like how I react when someone's yelling at me, that used to be a big trigger <laughs> for me. Yeah. And so like, yeah. whenever I find myself getting angry, self-regulation. Like yeah 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 100 percent. but yeah like i can kind of i definitely can see that growth in myself because that's you know anger is definitely one of the emotions that i've had to kind of get a grip on and um Mm. i think i think there's something behind that um kind of like like i was saying earlier like you know if if i know a week 
kind of exercise in the gym is one of my weak points. Like I can translate that to my emotions, right? Like I can kind of be like, well, when do I get angry? And how can I simulate that so I can practice maybe controlling that? Dude, that's freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, I went to this men's retreat and they had talked about the importance of emotional practices in the same way that we have physical practices. You know, we go to the gym, we do a bicep curl to get the bicep. We do chest presses to get the chest. Do we have anger practices? We have anger releases. Do we have, um, you know, sadness practices? Um, and I think that that's actually very scary for most men. Like men and emotions is is like, you know, those two words don't always really come together very, very uh, free-flowingly. Um, so I love that you're bringing this up, the, that, the, that we need... You know, like, I don't know if you know how emotions work, but like emotions are physically stored in the body through our nervous system. And when we're in very familiar and, and, and our nervous system builds up a memory bank of emotions through our childhood between the ages of zero to 13. And so when we're in um, triggering moments and familiar experiences that like activate our nervous system, um, sometimes our emotions then get activated too. And they get completely like we have no control of them. So the way to get control of our emotions is to have these practices. So um, I love that you're bringing this up. Have an anger practice. One of my friends, he has like a, a rubber baseball bat and he beats the furniture. He's like, fuck you. Ah, da, da, da. 10 minutes, but the 10 minute timer done. And he feels way better. And then um, I have a sadness practice where I watch depressing movies for like 30 minutes and I feel so much better. Just having an outlet to let these emotions out when you sometimes can't, you know, em emotions sometimes you don't realize that you're in emotion until after an event has happened. Um, so just that's where these practices come in handy because sometimes we don't have the opportunity to, to show them in the moment. Um, so yeah, it's beautiful that you're bringing this up. And I think most people need to incorporate emotional practices in their lives in the same way that we have physical practices in our lives because guess what? We're human. We both have a physical body and a mind and our mind carries our feelings and emotions. And we need to show that the same, the same attention as we show our physical body. Yeah. And I think for me, especially like just kind of understanding that there shouldn't be, because for me, I think, I don't, I don't know if you relate to this, but I feel like there was always this kind of feeling of shame attached to mm -hmm. a lot of the emotions that I felt. Like kind of like I shouldn't be feeling this mad or I shouldn't be feeling this sad or I shouldn't be feeling Dude. even when I get super fired up and excited and happy and ecstatic, like I'm yelling and screaming in people's faces. I get a little bit obnoxious sometimes like I <laughs> like any extreme emotion I feel ashamed about. And for so long, I couldn't understand why until I realized and this is a conclusion I just recently came to, which is like at the end of the day, like you shouldn't feel ashamed for feeling any emotion that you ever feel, but what you should, and this is maybe very self-critical of me, but what you should feel ashamed about is your reaction. If it's negative, like you, you should be able to feel anger. Like I should be able to feel anger. If I yeah. couldn't feel anger, that would be a problem. Like imagine if some guy comes up to, you know, I don't have any kids, but imagine if, you know, some guy came up to my kid and started doing something dangerous around, like that would make me angry. And that's a good reaction to have. You know, like that's how you mm -hmm. protect your young ones, but there's a time and place and there's an appropriate response. Exactly. And so like, that's kind of the point where like, 
Yeah, Mark can get angry and that's completely fine. But if Mark's anger starts to negatively impact Topher, then yeah. that's where the issue is, right? I love what you're saying. Yeah, it's the idea of expression versus projection. Dude, it is safe to and encouraged to express your emotion. Don't bottle that up and don't let it be stored in your nervous system. Express it. And our emotions are our power. It helps us draw boundaries. It helps us uh, stand up for ourselves, stand up for loved ones, or just communicate what our needs are and our desires are. That's the power of emotions. But when some people fall into that imbalance, the other end of the spectrum, they then project it and weaponize it onto other people. And that's when it's not good, when it starts to hurt others around us. Well, and I think a lot of the time, and I can only really speak for myself, but I think a lot of the time I was using my emotions to justify my reactions, whereas your actions shouldn't be tied to your emotion. Like you should be able to react without that kind of, or at least be able to realize when you're reacting with emotion. You know what I mean? Like we're like, say I say I yell at like uh, my buddy or, or like I say something hurtful to my girlfriend or et cetera. And then they're like, mm. dude, you can't say that shit or you can't do that shit. And I'm like, oh, but I was angry. It's like, well, that's not really the, you don't get to justify the behavior because of the emotion. Like you're responsible for the behavior because of the emotion. Mm-hmm. 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 Amen. Yeah. You're allowed to have your experience, but, but just, you know, watch what you, how you action based on what you're feeling. And that is a good sign of maturity. Someone, someone who's able to regulate, cool down their system, and then act from a place of groundedness and, and say things from a place of groundedness uh, is, is a good reflection of someone who's well-developed. Yeah, and I think that, like, I don't think that it's really even, I mean, I've thought that it was, but I really, I don't think it is really much anymore. I don't think it's possible for someone to be like this perfect you know, maybe like whether you want to call it like Taoist or Buddhist or Stoic or whatever philosophy you want to attribute it to, to have this, like, we always think of like this emotionless guy that never reacts or whatever it is, you know, like, I, I don't think that that's really that possible for most people, including myself. Like, I think the, 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 the goal to strive for, you know, is just to kind of understand when it's happening or just to be able to kind of maybe even apologize for it. Like, Hey, you know what? Sorry. I said this thing earlier. Like I was feeling like this. I haven't really learned how to regulate this very much yet. Like maybe you have some tips for me. Like I actually, and this is what made me feel that way maybe, or like I kind of felt like it because of X, Y, and Z or. Communication is what you're talking about. Being able to communicate openly and freely what your experience is about. 100% 100% man. You got to go. I forgot to ask you if you have a time constraint. I do in, in nine minutes is when nine I minutes. go. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll yeah. juice you for the last nine minutes. And then, yeah, it's actually, dude, I just realized it's almost my bedtime. We've been going for quite a while, but um, yeah, an hour and a half. Nice. That's nuts, dude. Sorry. I didn't mean to eat up this much of your time, bro, but I just no, get no, it's all good, dude. It. I love these conversations. It's great. And how long is the, is the typical podcast episode? I mean, I, I have run them over two hours before, but I typically wow. like, it's like around an hour, I guess. Yeah. An hour is an hour and a half is a good one for me. Typically I have to pee a lot more, but right now I'm pretty good actually. 
Nice. That means you're engaged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like this a lot, man. But if we got eight minutes left, like we, we, I guess it is time to kind of wrap it up a little bit. It's probably almost noon there. You want to get on with your day. It's like eight o'clock at night here, which is like my bedtime. So right. You I'll, get up at um, four every day. Wow. Well, don't give me that much. Credit. It's like four 30, but yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, I, man. Yeah. I am crazy, bro. But, um, in an awesome way, I think, hopefully, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's inspiring. I, th I think like getting up at four or four 30, uh, it's discipline, discipline. Uh, I'm sure it's like habit now, but at one point when you had to make that choice to get up earlier, it must've been a, a sacrifice of some sort. It gets easier because of your circadian rhythm, but it doesn't get easier in terms of, like I said, my mentality is always going to be and always will be like, since I was a little kid, a passive person, I'm lazy by nature, man. Like, I don't want to do these things. I have the debate every single morning, bro. Should I just hit snooze this one time? Like nobody's fucking around. Nobody will see nothing will happen. It, it is discipline. It's something that I've literally been trying to work on and develop. So I appreciate you noticing that. I got to say thank you. But um, it's uh, it's tough, man. It sucks. It doesn't really get easier that way. That's for sure. And oh, going to bed this early doesn't get easier at all. That's for sure. That's the hard part. Huh. Interesting. And that kind of discipline, that determination, where does that come from? Um, you know, I think that, like I said, like I never really had any discipline before and I was never really happy with anything. So I think that I want to feel good most of the time, right? That's obvious. That's, that's kind of how everyone's at, right? But I've noticed that personally, I only feel good if I'm attentive to the things that are important in life. And that's difficult to fucking do, man. It's really hard to be attentive to the important things in life, like taking care of your finances, taking care of your relationships with people, doing something you're passionate about, doing something that revitalizes you. Like that's a lot to juggle. And the only time I can actually do it, like, cause I'm so fucking lazy by nature is to build momentum as quick as possible. So for me, mm. the very first battle of the day is like, cause I will naturally sleep until like 11 o'clock, you know, like I didn't as a kid and then I did as a teenager. And then I had to stop myself from doing so because, you know, that first battle of the day for me is like, should I hit fucking snooze? And if I don't, then I can put, you know, some clothes on, then I can put some shoes on, then I can, you know, yeah. well, what, what am I going to do with that extra time? I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to go for a walk. And then after you've gotten up early and gone for a workout, then you're going to have a healthy meal. You know, you're not going to go and fucking start eating lucky mm. charms after that shit. So for me, it's just yeah. about building momentum and kind momentum, of winning, first thing winning that, that battle with that voice. Cause I have that voice in my head. Like, I don't know if you can deal with this and I'm not schizophrenic or anything, but I just mean that voice. That's always like, dude, just chill this one time, just one morning you can sleep but, in. But where's that voice coming from? You know what I mean? And, and the reason I'm asking these questions is because like, Sometimes the drive to always be disciplined doesn't take into consideration how we're feeling and what we actually need in the moment. And so there is this balance. I respect the grind. I think, yeah, we should get up at like 4.35 every day. Yeah, and, and I see the power of that, building momentum in your day and how that leads to like good habits. 
But I'm I'm curious to explore that voice in your head, what it needs, why 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 it wants it, and who is that? Is that your inner child? Is that that child inside of you that's like, God, I just need a break? And what happened if you took a break? What what could come from that being? What could come from that lax? Historically speaking, um, the more I listen to that voice, the more I listen to that voice. Mm. So if I listen to that voice and I hit snooze, well, then the next day I might slip and eat a little bit more sugar than I need to. And then the next day I might skip my workout. And then the next day, you know, and then three months later down the road, I'm 20 pounds overweight. That's how my <laughs> life works. Bro, you're laughing, but that's literally been my life. Like I've had yeah. those times where my life slowly slips, bro. And it's never like a drastic downfall. It's yeah. the same way that growth is, man. It's very linear and, and it's mm -hmm. very slow process. And it leaves you kind of sitting there where like I was at, where I'm like, what the fuck have I done? Like, well, I've done nothing. Like I'm tired mm. and I've done nothing. So how is that possible? You know, mm. like that's where I found myself. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and, and I will say this as well. I think it's discipline. I think it's important to be disciplined all the time. I haven't really turned it off since I've stopped to be a hundred percent honest with you. But mm. I will say this is I'm also disciplined about chilling, dude. Like I'm disciplined mm. about, you know, taking an hour to fucking just stretch or meditate yeah. or fucking okay. have a conversation like this. Like I'm not doing push-ups right now. I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. I haven't touched my phone in over an hour. I'm just chilling and talking. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm, but I'm disciplined about recovery. I'm disciplined about sleep. That's right. Great. Like, yeah. like it's, it's not about like, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, wake up until at four o'clock and then fucking grind all fucking day, work 17 hours and sleep three hours a night and just fucking, you know, eat your money. Like, I don't know, like how those fucking guys try to operate. Like you talk about Gary Vee. I can't fathom how that guy operates. Like, I don't think that that because in my eyes, the only way to stay disciplined is like I'm saying is the same way that you do as well, but you just don't see it. And it's like, you're disciplined about the grind, but you're disciplined about the fucking chilling too, but just mm -hmm. in different ways, man. Mm -hmm. I just really mm -hmm. can't travel and don't really travel that much. So it's like, you know, my chilling looks a little bit different than you, but we kind of are walking pretty similar paths. That's true. That's true. I, I, I love, I love that. It's, it's more about what get what that habit represents, who that habit represents. Dude, like and what the, you're and, and, doing, like is tough. It, it would cause yeah. a lot of anxiety for some people. Sorry to cut you off, but like you've got no, the no, discipline no. to do it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's what I find. Hmm. What I find is that. That lifestyle, that discipline can easily head down the road of perfectionism. And so, which is dangerous because then when we act out of character, when we fall out of alignment, when we are physically not able to do that one thing because of whatever X, then we'll fall, we might fall into guilt and shame. And so, I think that's the point of what I'm trying to bring up is, is like, yeah, have, be disciplined, but also couple it with 
radical acceptance and compassion if we decide to listen to our bodies and how we feel in the moment to rest and relax instead of feeling the need to do that one thing because of fear of of what it represents for who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we're saying really like the same thing. Like, I think that you're saying like, you have to be, so you have to be in tune with like, okay, when do I need to rest? And, and the regiment that I'm on right now, it's going to change and it has been evolving, but that like the choices I've been kind of making or the choice I encourage a lot of other people to make as well. And even that I've seen you make as well, where it's like, you have to be, noticing where you need to rest and then just be disciplined about that rest for me it's like my stretching and my meditation and conversations Mm. with loved ones like those three things i think would be my non-negotiables yeah they're but they're they're what i consider rest even though they are active it is rest for me yeah 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 and be disciplined about that which you are it's amazing and so am I. Really, that's what it comes down to is like, are you are you making time and space for you to relax and rest? Um, so yeah. And and spending that, and this is what I the message I'd get across as well. And spending that time of like rest and recovery, not fucking slamming bottles of wine and watching fucking hours and hours of Netflix, but doing things that make us more human. Like you're doing, like being a dude, I can see fucking trees around you and shit. Like that's human. That's shit. Like, that's what recovery looks like. You know, talking yeah, to loved consuming. ones, traveling with your girl, like, or your partner, anybody that you're like, you know, like anyone out there listening, like, it's like doing the human things. That's recovering, not fucking scrolling Instagram and shit. I just got to get mm-hmm. that off my chest. I hate that shit, man. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and that's a, that's a, it's a great point. I think I used to be that person. And, um, Again, it was escapism from myself. Like it, so, so this is what would happen is like, okay, I knew I needed to rest. So I would book a Sunday off. And on that Sunday, I would just be in my phone mindlessly scrolling and just like, fuck, I need to get on it. And what I realized was that it was because I was trying to escape my own mind. So what I'm trying to say is sometimes rest, relaxation, and the idea of being a human can be very difficult for someone when their mind isn't quite a safe space, when they're chasing every thought like a dog on the side of a highway, when they're like, oh, okay, if this thought came, I'm going to go run with it. That's they're, they're, You'll be constant, constantly suffering because sometimes we have these crazy thoughts from what we consume or see or hear or the conversations that we have that aren't really our own projections sometimes. And if we give weight to every thought that pop passes through our head um, and we don't know how to regulate in that way and we don't we don't practice mindfulness we don't know how to let things pass um then we can fall into the trap of escapism which is why i think people scroll um so i guess my my advice for people who are like yeah i want to relax but i always reach out for my phone or i'm always like trying to find things to be away from me um meditate <laughs> meditate practice meditation practice being present practice not giving any of your thoughts weight um yeah that's that's what helped me in my own journey of like learning to be learning to relax learning uh learning to just not do anything 
That's beautiful, man. I love it, dude. I love that we kind of have all these like similar ideas, similar notions, but just different words for man and different kind of, uh, I guess, passageways through life or different kind of, you know, avenues that have brought us to these conclusions. So I think that's a beautiful place to kind of end our second episode. I'm looking forward to episode three that we get to chat as well. Topher, thank you so much for your time, bro. And uh, yeah. I like, I'd like for you to kind of wrap this up, man. You can kind of li- give the last little like kind of personal positive message and then uh, plug yourself one more time. It will be in like the description and show notes, but okay. as well. And just leave us off with something beautiful, man. I know you're good at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think, I think if there's any advice that I can give someone, develop the relationship with self. And what I mean by that is we focus so much on the relationship with others, but you are the foundation of everything in your own life, your work, your partnerships, your future family. And so the more that you work on yourself, the more that you are building that relationship itself, the better you'll show up. Um, And I think that was like the promise of everything that we're talking about is that relationship of self. Um, But yeah. And if you guys are interested in learning more, I talk about entrepreneurship, personal growth, and self-love. Follow me at topra.ravidia on Instagram. Much love, bro. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I love you. I I look forward to talking to you again, man. Yeah, brother. All right. See you, man. Much love. Peace out.